Translation, welcome to Cranked and Ranked. Um, yes, hello everyone, we are back, finally, with Obituary Part 2. If the episode the universe didn't want to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but goddammit, it's gonna happen. Um, yeah. If, for those of you who are new and you're listening to part two first, that's weird. My OCD kicks in when anyone does that. I'm like, no, no, you go part one first, but whatever. Um, this is the top obituary albums according to us. So uh, welcome. This is a podcast YouTube show where we rank rock and metal related discographies and other things. We It's mostly just us talking a lot. So if, you know, right right here out of the gate, if you're, if you're not on board with this, then uh, sorry, it doesn't get much better. Um, but yeah, <laughs> obituary part two, um, which is the top five obituary albums. We split it in two parts, bottom half, bottom five. This is the top five. And, um, it's going to be pretty much a love fest because I don't have really anything negative to say about any of these albums. So it'll be fun. It'll be a nice light, uh, good time for everybody. And, um, as usual, uh, I, I'm your host old head and with me as always is Mr. Eddie Sparks. That's me. Yes. <laughs> he normally doesn't sound like that. I I, I usually sound like this. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not going to attempt to do any of those vocals because it would. It, I can't. It's awful. I remember. I already regret doing it myself. <laughs> I have. Uh, I have. I have like cassette tapes from the early '90s where there's there's me trying to do death metal vocals, and it is very cute. Nice. Um, that's never that's <laughs> never going to see the light of day because it's all it's all that shit where I was like writing songs by myself using like a Casio keyboard drum sound <laughs> and then layering it over with cassette tapes over and over again with guitar and then me over it kind of doing a kind of thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, I remember I remember one time I was hanging with like, you know, some some of the kids that were into sort of like, you know, the deathcore kind of stuff back when I was in uh high school yeah and i remember one time you know he was playing it out of a shitty phone speaker and we, we all went to do the growl at the same time and i had this i hit this gnarly voice crack so i just went um that's like that guy puberty that is puberty's fucked up that's like that the, there was a guy who i don't know how many albums it was for but gore guts actually had two vocalists um, yeah. You had Luke, the main guy, but then you had this other guy, and especially on the album Obscura, which I highly recommend Obscura. It's it's a mm. fucking ridiculously good album. But you'll hear sometimes the vocals will be like, rah, rah, rah. like it's re- it's very <laughs> it sounds very desperate and almost scary. And it's the yeah. uh, it's the other guy's vocals in that in that album. Um, cool. But uh, anyway. Um, I don't know. It's it's related because it's death metal. One day we'll get to Gore Guts because they're a fantastic mm-hmm. band. Um, but today, top half of Obituary. And we don't need to talk about 
where we came into obituary. If you want to know that, um, you can listen to part one. That's why they're numbered that way. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I figured that like we'll probably get off on some tangents, so we might as well just go ahead and kick it off. Let's just, you know, uh, you know, do do the order. Um, which let, so which us, is, let us proceed <laughs> starting at number five. And as usual, I let Mr. Eddie Sparks start us off. And so what is your number five obituary album? Cool. So my number five obituary album is the self-titled obituary album from 2017. All right. Uh, this sees them kind of returning to uh, something of a, of an old school death metal sound, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's got a lot of like nods to the old style, but you know, but some elements that are kind of new. Yeah. Um, Brave is this uh, fast blast of opening brutality. Sentence Day is a hell yeah. You know, it's just a one-two punch of frantic death metal. Uh, a lesson in vengeance. Again, loving the old school death metal love letter production. Yeah. Like, and the guitar solo in that song is sick. Um, end it now. Uh, it sounds like a shift <laughs> in the old in the old steel mill. <laughs> End it now, please. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a real headbanger of a track. Um, Neil before me. I've I've said this before. I'll say it a thousand times if I have to. Slow grooves with fast double kick are the best grooves. Yeah, you get a. That sh- straight in here, straight in my heart. For some reason, that drum Instantly. beat, it doesn't matter. If you just do that drum beat by itself, it's always Desperate Cry by Sepultura to me. Yeah. There's that, that, there's that part at the end where, yes. where it goes into that. It's like, a, yeah. it's pretty sweet. It goes hard as fuck, man. It does. It, it lives. Uh, this applies here also. Um, betrayed. Strangely brutal for a song with a major key section in it. Yeah, like, I was I was struck by it, and you know it it got me thinking. Like, there's there's like pop punk bands that have like a bit of a metalcore edge. Right? Yeah, like something something like a day to remember. But I I remember I found a YouTube channel a while ago called Happy Metal, and they would take like classic metal songs but transpose them to a major key as opposed yeah. to like they played all of holy wars in major like the whole thing yeah and i just feel like there should be this like revolution where everybody's like found the secret of the universe where it's like guys it's metal in a major key it's something no one ever thinks to fucking do but when it when it happens you're like well power metal that's, that, I mean, yeah. that's- but that's kind of it comes with the territory, yeah. You know, with with that one, I'm talking about like heavy shit, yeah. Like, um, and I feel like I feel like Sepultura did a little bit of it. Well, they would put in like times. odd riffs that didn't that seemed kind of weird at first, but then if you really pull yeah. it apart, you're like, oh, it is in a major key. Um, mm. it I like that shit where they where they because I I hate it. I talked about it on another episode, how I hate those videos where it's like, what would this song sound like if this band did it? And it's always some douchebag doing those videos. But I do, <laughs> I do like the ones where they, where they fuck with shit musically like that, where they're like, well, what if this yeah. all, this song was all in a major key? Cause that's kind of interesting. The the best one I've seen recently is somebody, I think it was on TikTok, took Metallica riffs and said, look, if you play Metallica riffs in a major key, 
they sound like some 41 riffs. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, "It's he's fucking right." It's just, he just takes yeah. these these, and I'm like, "Yeah, it sounds like shit that some Forty One would have done," which makes sense because they were those were dudes who were influenced by metal, but they made pop punk, and so yeah, um, I guess it I guess it makes sense. They always had a uh, they always had a little bit of that in them, and you know, you, <laughs> it didn't take less it took less than ten minutes to start talking about some Forty One on an obituary <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yep, but. That's yeah, the tour what, that needs to happen. Obituary and some 41. Let's do it. I'll go to that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, it's it, What's that song? Is it the Hell song? Like, why am I still waiting? Oh, this I don't know the name of that song. Okay. Well, that, that's got a riff in it that goes... That's a thrash riff. Straight yeah. up. Straight yeah, up a thrash riff. I did not... I it, it those That whole period of pop punk was wasted on me because I was in my twenties and I was in a bad mood and I was tired of pop punk and I was tired of this sort of like what seemed like really watered down rebellion. So like yeah. some 41 got put right in the bin with uh good Charlotte and all this other stuff because I was just like, mm. I, it's almost like you guys are all just wearing punk rock Halloween costumes and then cosplaying. Yeah. And then like, they're all yeah, making came off as they're all making the same music, which sounds like Graves era misfits. And it's just all bullshit. And so I, I could, I could, which was at that point, the misfits were a band who were wearing Halloween costumes and trying to pretend <laughs> to be a band. But, um, but yeah. And so I, so, but now the, the point I'm trying to get to is that now stuff from that era, especially like some random, some 41 will come on and I'll be like, I kind of feel oddly nostalgic for it now. It's I'm, strange. I'm going to say something now. I think we had the exact same experience with this genre of music because here's the thing. I also I I grew up, you know, in the, the you know, in the 2000s and into the 2010s. Yeah. Right? When I was, you know, when I was at high school, pop punk was king. Yeah. So, like, pop punk, you know, emo, and you know, the metalcore stuff, right? I lumped all of that under this umbrella of is pushed everything I like out of the fucking mainstream, and you know, I yeah. they're not playing the videos I want to see on on Scuzz or Kerrang anymore. And like, my my main argument at the time was, you know, when I first started watching those channels, they'd play everything. Anything from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and new shit that was coming out. Whereas it became in the end where it was just a 24-hour pop punk and new metal live stream. Um, But looking back now, I've actually, you know, with all of the music I've discovered, I've actually gone back around to some of these pop punk bands, and I've got to be honest, I actually kind of like them. Like, some 41... Uh, and you know, that, that sort of thing. And like, if, if you talked to like 2014 me, yeah, he would be like, I have been captured and reprogrammed by enemy spies, put a bullet in my head. Whereas (laughs) now, whereas now I'm like, um, you know what? It, it wasn't my music at the time. And I've developed kind of a kind of a, a different mindset nowadays with yeah. music. I, I don't really write anything off unless I hate it, but I, any music that I'm not like actively into, but don't really have anything to say negatively about, I just kind of, 
I approach it with this kind of mindset of it'll ha- it'll happen to me when it happens to me. Yeah. You know, it, it it may not be the right time, but eventually it might. Yeah, it very, very yeah. well might. Speaking spe- speaking of that, since we're on the pop punk uh, tip here, um, I j- there, there's like a very very strong rumor that uh, all the Blink One Eighty Two boys are back together now. Um, oh shit! So that's and 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 that made, when I saw like some posts about it, it made me oddly happy. I'm like, because those guys were like they started out when I was in high school. And so I mm-hmm. knew their early stuff and um, I, I didn't love them, but I listened to them and liked them. And so, I don't know, for some reason, I'm just like, I think those dudes are like all kind of my age, maybe a little bit younger. But for some reason, just, you know, what's your age again? That <laughs> 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 was genius. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, so I, anyway, that, that it's de- totally derailing us from I mean, you know, actual obituary fans. Was like, what the fuck is this show? Yeah. Why the fuck you? I'm not gonna take your opinion seriously on obituary if you're gonna talk about liking Blink 182. Come Even on, though man. all of my all of my top albums are the right answer. So <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so. Uh, we, oh, we were, we were, yeah, we were talking about, I think it came from Betrayed because it was in a major key. Yeah. Which led yeah. us to pop punk, which eventually, you know, we haven't done a pop punk band in a while either. So we should probably throw one of those in, you know, pretty damn soon. Maybe, maybe we should do Blink-182 to celebrate their reunion. And, and uh, hopefully Tom DeLonge is not insane anymore. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> His insanity got him a fucking TV show and shit. So whatever. <laughs> Hell, I should go insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So where were we? Turn to stone. Uh, yeah. Some juicy chuggage going on here. Uh, straight to hell. It's just wrestler entrance music. Uh, <laughs> 10,000 Ways to Die. It's this crushing atmospheric closing track. Yeah. And that atmosphere missing from its predecessor is back. Because yeah. Inked in Blood was so dry. Uh, was, I was very yeah. I mean, I, it was low. It was pretty low on my list, but I was pretty disappointed at Inked in Blood when it came out. So when I heard the first like track that came out from this obituary album, I was very happy, and and I and I like that one. It, it isn't in my top five, but I really like that album. Yeah, yeah. For for me, this one can switch places with uh, Frozen in Time any any day of the week. Yeah, depending on what mood I'm in. But that is my number five. And cool. I'm going to hand that back over to you. Sweet. My number five is going to be probably pretty controversial to some people. But, um, I mean, I went back and and I, I kind of went back and forth on this. But then at the end of the day, I went, okay, well, you know, it may be number five, and it, but it's still in the top half. So it's getting some kind of, you know, love, I guess. But my number five is Slowly We Rot from 1989. Okay. Um, their debut album. And, um, I mean, I really like this album, but like, you know, a lot, like, like a lot of bands, the first album is they end up getting better than that. And while this is an absolute classic album, I will not argue with that fact at all. Um, they just got better altogether, not only as songwriters and performers, but even the production would get better. Um, which, which, which right now we, we might want to go ahead and, uh, and I'll go ahead and go off on my uh, Scott Burns tangent because all of the albums in my top five were produced by Scott Burns. 
And cool. I've, I, I think I said it before on the Cannibal Corpse, uh, one of the episodes of Cannibal Corpse that we did. Um, <clears throat> it became a thing where, you know, around like, I don't know, 93 or something like that, that you would go to the record store and you would see like some band that you didn't know. And if you turned it over and it said produced by Scott Burns, you just went and bought that album. Um, yeah. Cause anything with his name on it was at least good, if not fucking great. Um, so, uh, so yeah. And it's weird because like his production style, you go back and listen to a lot of the stuff and sure. It's like, it doesn't sound amazing, but I, I feel like he was able to capture this sort of heavy rawness in these bands while still presenting it in a way where you can hear everything. And mm. I think that that's great because there's so many like extreme metal albums from the early days where you're just like, the production is just awful. And the, you know, it's, you know, it's either really muddy or the, the, you can't hear the guitars or the, the drums are badly mixed or it's, it's always something, but I think it's because like this kind of music was, relatively new even though you had had thrash metal and other fast and loud and aggressive bands the sort of chaos that a lot of the death metal bands were 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 playing i think a lot of producers were just like i don't know what the fuck to do with this and um <laughs> luckily scott burns knew what to do with it and we got so many great albums and and i i still love the way that they sound um and slowly we rot is one of them um, <clears throat> yeah, an interesting thing about Slowly We Rot that I I tried to find to look this up again on the internet to make sure I'm not just talking out of my ass, but I actually couldn't find anything on it. But I remember reading a book. I think the book was called Choosing Death, and it was all about like the beginnings of death metal. And if I remember right, in that book, John Tardy talks about how a lot of the lyrics on Slowly We Rot are actual gibberish. <laughs> And then, and I think what happened was he just ended up taking the gibberish and just forming it. Because if you look at the lyrics, sometimes it's just phrases that don't really seem to make any sense. And I think yeah. it's because he was doing complete gibberish and then just kind of translated that into words for the actual final songs. And I think that that's fucking hilarious because that because that's how yeah. I that's how I write songs most of the time. Like when I'm in a band, because I'll usually come up, you know with the riff and then I'll put the song together musically, bring it to the band and I'll be like, well, here's the different parts. Here's the change here. Here's the chorus. Here's the middle part. Here's how it's going to wrap up. And then once we get that part together, then I go up to the mic and I literally just start going, the feet and bam, bow, that's not, not what I sing like, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, <laughs> it's always gibberish at the beginning. And usually I'll go back. Like I would record our like practices to write lyrics. And sometimes I would just hear the sound of a phrase that I did at a part. And I go, Oh, that sounds good. I just need to find a phrase that fits that. And then I would sometimes end up writing the whole song around whatever phrase I thought of at that one part of the song. And I'm like, I guess that's what John Tardy did. And that's, I think that's, that's so cool. I mean, I, I love, you know, there's, there's your, there's your traditional songwriters where they're poets and they write down a poem, and then the poem goes with the song, and that's good too. But there's no one way to do it, and I love it. I love it when 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 other people, including myself, um, nobody knows any of my shit though, so it doesn't matter. But um, I just love it when people just 
look at things a completely different way. Like, you know, Kurt Cobain would would yeah. take different lines and just mix them up and put them into a song. And people today are still reading into the songs like there's a meaning behind this. I'm like, some of it mm. maybe, but a lot of yeah. it nah, probably not. Um, and I think that's just that was just his way of fucking with the songwriting process, which is it keeps it interesting. I know Mike Patton writes in a way where he kind of uh, prioritizes rhythm and uh, syllables mm-hmm. and and words that you know fit the song more than have any inherent meaning. Yeah, uh, but like. Yeah. You listen to any Metallica demo, and you hear James going "wa na 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 na, yeah, na 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 yeah, na 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 yeah yeah yeah." Also, real little, little, little did we know those years would become lyrics as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> real talk. My uh, contact lens fell out of my eye. I'm just gonna really quickly sort that out in a moment. Okay, little, a little uh, contact replacement music here. Replacing contacts. Gotta put the solution on so it doesn't irritate his eye. Here we go. It's the contact lens time. He's taken a really long time. Don't poke yourself in the eye. I did it. All right. Cool. Yeah. That that was not one of my better songs, but it, you know, (laughs) it it served its purpose. Um, Christmas number one, mate. Straight <laughs> up. <laughs> um, anyway, back to Slowly We Rock. Um, it's a great album. My biggest gripe about this album, production-wise, is that I, to, the, I've always thought the guitars are not loud enough in the album. Hmm. Um, it's still good, though. But uh, the thing that's great about Slowly We Rock and Obituary as a band is that they already had their own sound, their own unique thing going from album number one. They already hmm. They already had a sound where you would listen to them and go, well, you're not going to mistake this for any other band. And that's Mm -hmm. fucking cool. Um, But like I said, they would do everything better than this, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, I do enjoy the rawness of early death metal albums, but I just think if you're ranking them for quality, um, they did, they did many albums better than this to me. And this is not a go-to obituary album for me, even though I do really like it. Um, And at times it sometimes struggles to hold my attention, but um, I, yeah, it's, that's why, that's why it ended up being number five. Cause I think it's a great album, but the four that come above this to me are just amazing death metal albums. And so, uh, we, we can just move on from there, move on to your number four. Cool. So my number four is the end complete. All right. So um, I don't know. I'm going I'm to say one thing right out of the gate. Yeah. This is up there with uh, Harder Than Hell by Kiss for album mixes ruined by a snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think so? I and, and it's because I don't know if it's like a, a poorly remixed or remastered reissue. Take, do a shot every time I say re- um, but really? yeah, <laughs> it's, um, what the one I listen to and I'll admit it's, it's the version on Spotify. Yeah. I don't think this, it's been, re- I don't think it's been remixed. Hmm. I, it, you know how some albums you can fucking crank them yeah. and they don't hurt your ears. This one, the whole mix is fine. Apart from the snare, the snare I wanted this album to go louder. Yeah. 
I can see I that. Think I wanted this album to to you know be able to go as loud as my top three can, but for some reason the the snare on this album is just so uh, piercing that it kind of like nerfs the whole mix because I'm like. Unless I like ride the fader every time a snare is gonna show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I was listening to it in the car, and I and I had it at the volume I have all the other albums at, and I was like, I physically, I'm in pain. Um, which which, ironically, is, which is the name of a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah opens the album, uh, and it's a good opener. You know, I I liked it a lot. What a fucking segue that was. That was before. brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so back to one is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, song wise, this album is just killer early nineties death metal. Yeah. Um, you know, but here's the thing: dead silence. The production on this album feels a bit thinner than its predecessor, um, with a snare that feels like a knife going in my ear. But you know, in the end of life, I love it when they go sludgy. Uh, sickness. Killer riffage, but again, it's 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 the cracky thwacky snare. I I it's you know, the quacky thacky snare. It's Ooh. the quacky thacky snare. Sorry, that was that, there's there's our Christmas number one. That was a thuggish ruggish bone in the style of. <laughs> 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 anyway, oh, um, oh, where was I? Corrosive obituary, doing what they do best. Killing time is more of that. Uh, and complete is a killer title track. Rotten Ways, it, 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 it's basically, you know, stylistically, cause of death with Alan West returning for lead guitar duties as opposed to James Murphy. Um, but you know, I like the album. Uh huh. It's um, let down by an unfortunate snare drum issue for me in the mix of it. Um, yeah, I don't know why that do- it doesn't really bother me that much, but I, I I guess I can see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it may just be the resonant frequency of my ear, you know. Oh, yeah, it 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 may be just a specific problem with me, but like because it's like because you because you compared it to hotter than hell, I'm like, well, that the snare just sounds like he's hitting a cardboard box, like it's not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I think my point more is is that. Maybe not the sound of it itself, but like whatever frequency it hits. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it feels like something's hitting my eardrum, as opposed to blessing it with uh, wiggly air. It's like something is actively punching the fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, I I feel like the the production on the likes of um, well the the album that came before it and the album that came after it i feel yeah. have quite a nice rounded drum sound sure Whereas this one this one's pretty tinny and and cracky so uh yeah that kind of let this album down a little bit that being said it it's still in the top four yeah because it's the band doing killer fucking death metal yeah so yeah Cool. Back to you. All right. So uh, <laughs> this is a an interesting because um, this was a little bit lower originally, and then it, and then it moved up um, because I and the more I listen to it, the more I'm pretty impressed by it. Uh, my number four is Frozen in Time from 2005. Cool. Um, their sixth album, and I think the reason why 
this one really works for me is because it's their first in eight years. They went, they kind of split up and they ended up coming back together with Scott Burns again. Whereas the previous album that they did, the, the, what the fuck is that other one? Back from the dead. Back from the dead. They had a different producer. So they're back with Scott Burns, who, from what I've read, um, had never did another album after this, I don't think. And I think he came out of retirement to work with Obituary and then moved on with his life. I don't know, Scott, you out there? What are you doing? Um, (laughs) But this album just has such a great energy, and it really feels like they were kind of fresh and ready to go and felt excited to be back together making this music. And it just comes across in this album for me. And... I just it is it is more of obituary just doing obituary for the most part, but it's got some also really interesting song structures. There are some songs where I wasn't expecting where the song went. And then for a band like obituary, you start to know kind of what's going to happen. And Frozen in Time has a lot of moments where I'm like, they really tried something a little different there, you know, structure wise anyway. Um mm. But it, but it seems to me that Obituary is the kind of band that, because obviously in the last episode we talked about albums, or even, you know, with your problem with the snare on Incomplete, but other other recordings of them feel too flat or not punchy enough or not heavy enough, and something's weird about it. And I just feel like Obituary is this band that they they show up and do what they do, and they have to find the right person to capture that. Because when you do, mm. it's fucking brilliant um so yeah plus this album is 10 songs and 34 minutes long that is perfect that is absolutely perfect and uh, yeah this is one that like you know when it came out it it didn't i it wasn't really anything i was interested in at the time um but over the years the more i've listened to it it's really grown on me as well i'm just like yeah this is a fantastic album And, and for a band that came back in the 2000s and did something this strong um, it's pretty great. So that's my number four, Frozen in Time. Noise. So we're in bronze medal territory. Hell yeah. Um, number three. So my number three is Slowly We Rot. Alrighty. Uh, so the obituary sound is is has arrived, you know, mm-hmm. um, right out of the gate. Like you said, they, there's no mistaking their unique take on the genre yeah uh you know you know setting it off with internal bleeding just this ripping opener sets the tone for the record it's just terrifyingly filthy and at the time like you know i was kind of spoiled you know with having knowing that death metal exists yeah Uh, you know growing growing up when i did Hearing this the first time around must have scared the shit out of some people, even people who like metal. Like, um, you know, because some of this is, like, otherworldly. John Tardy sounds like a fucking monster. Uh, Godly beings. Like, this album has a real evil atmosphere to it. Sounds awesome. Till Death. God, their slow riffs never disappoint. Like, Like, even something not particularly memorable will still get me nodding along if it's played by obituary. Yeah. Uh, Slowly we rot. I have one thing to say about this banger. 
with the fucking bell oh I yeah love the, i love that little oh, that favorite moment on the album i just love that like cheesy little synth bell because <laughs> it's like but it's I, of the era it's 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 funny it's it's sometimes it's hard for me to listen to that song without getting i there's a guy that i he was the drummer of a few bands that i was in and we were you know pretty good friends for a while but he pointed out that when they when he first heard Sully We Rot, he didn't know what John Tardy was saying, but he was pretty <laughs> sh- but he was pretty sure that he kept saying the word volleyball because you'll hear do, 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 <laughs> volleyball like it sounds like he says volleyball, <laughs> and so now I can't hear that song without hearing him saying volleyball randomly throughout the song, and so well. <laughs> Congratulations on your friend. He's not only ruined that track for you, but us and our many listeners. Volleyball. Because he does. He says it several times. And I don't even know what the Volleyball. actual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing but net. <laughs> That's basketball. So I know. I'm just. I'm diversifying the the sports ball talk. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> Uh, he's coming up on the end zone. <laughs> uh, I um, love it a bit too much. Uh, like, I'm surprised I have the restraint to just not talk to people like that in public. Because <laughs> once I get started, just, I can't you stop. Do it while you're if, while you're at work when somebody bothers you. I've I've almost started doing that. <laughs> uh, we've recently moved the uh, cheese section to where the ham used to be. And it's like, <laughs> I love you. You understand that you've never on a podcast explained what you. I don't think you've explained your job, and then you just pop in with, with the cheese and the meat. Or whatever. Yeah, it's it's you you know I I do a little nine to five side hustle outside Apparently of the there's, podcast. There's food wherever he works. Yeah, I like to keep I like to keep things ambiguous to you know save myself from getting doxxed. Yep. Uh, yep. However. However, I uh, have confessed that it is a retail environment. So, uh, well, that's you know, that could that, that could have been anything because <laughs> my first job was retail, and that was that was at a Best Buy. So, no, we don't have any more brie. Was that brilliant? So you're done? Are you done with that one? Uh, where where are we at? Oh no, we only got to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, we were all, we were we got, slowly, we got rot. slowly we rot, and then we started talking about fucking volleyball. Volleyball, yeah, <laughs> yeah. volleyball. Uh, Immortal Visions is is brutal, ripping stuff. I love how nasty their tone is. Uh, gates to gates to gates to hell. Sorry, not gates of hell. Get it right. One one second. Get it right this time. Okay. I mean, it, it doesn't I'm, make I'm any back sense. From my gates, talk. gates to hell, like it's. I got. I guess you you open up the gates and you're not at hell yet. Now you're going to hell. Now that you got through the gates, that's too many gates. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna go. Gates! If I, <laughs> I got to go through that many gates, it's not. It's not worth it for me. <laughs> you just hang out with the second one you meet. Uh, okay. Fuck this. I didn't realize it was going to be this long of a walk. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> then it turns uh, out that that's what hell actually is. You can, you walk a really long way to one gate, and then it opens, and then you have to walk a really long way to another gate, and that just goes on for eternity. 
Oh, man. You just know that there's some, like, nerdy dude down there who's like, ooh, gate 34. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, uh, where where are we at? Uh, gates to Hell, Thrashy Death, wor- Words of Evil, Slow Groove with Up-Tempo Double Kick, the type of thing I, you know, imagine listening to if I ever end up in a killdozer situation. Uh, <laughs> suffocation, more gnarly stuff. Uh, intoxicated, that chunk power chord riffage around the one minute mark is just fucking crushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadly Intentions, just more tank track, trundling, fucking killer shit. Uh, I love it. I'm, I'm a fan of alliteration, so I was really on board with that whole statement. Yeah. The blood soaked is just grotesquely heavy. Uh, and then you get Stinky Puss, which is, uh, you know, this funny titled song ends these 35 minutes of just pure evil violence with a fade out. Um, and, you know, the the foundation of what to come was was laid with this atmospheric ripper of an album. Yeah, um, a, a band they, making a foundation of themselves as a band, not themselves as a death metal band. Because, I mean, sure, it's death yeah. metal. But I, I, I got dry. I can't not say anything about that. All those, especially discovering all these bands back in the day, there was never a point where we discovered a new death metal band where we went into mm. it saying they better sound a particular way or we're not going to be happy. In fact, you know, I've always mm. loved it when I, you know, discovering a death metal band or some other band where I'm like, this is like totally unique. And I've, you know, I guess at certain points with 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 genres like death metal, there's only so far you can go before all of a sudden you're not playing death metal at all anymore. But um, I just appreciate all these bands from back in the day because they didn't care, you know, about sounding a particular way. They they sounded mm-hmm. as they sounded, and then they put out their albums, and then they were labeled death metal or whatever. And so, um, yeah. Of all of the death metal bands, while we're on that little subject, who do you think has the most definitive, unique sound? Obituary's got to be up there. Do you mean definitive as in themselves or as if an example of the genre? Uh, it, themselves. Like, uh, oh. I'd say it's either obituary or death. No, because death, death changed from album to albums too much. Um, yeah, but like, so- there, there's a little bit of like moments where you can kind of tell it's chuck i guess so like but if you're talking yeah everything as a package musically vocally everything i think your obituary probably is the They're most probably like, the ones they've that- had their sound and they've kind of stuck to it can't you could say the same thing about cannibal corpse but if you listen to the riffs they wrote back in the day and the riffs they write now um they they had there's been an evolution and they haven't really yeah they've, they've they've stuck to some aspects of what they do and not wavered from them at all and then other ones I feel like they've incorporated different things and and made them their own. But obituary mm. just fucking sounds like obituary. So yeah, cool. Yeah, um, I can get uh, on board with that. Awesome. Well, then uh, that moves us to my number three for the bronze medal, and that's one you already talked about, and that is the incomplete from nineteen ninety two. Um, their third cool. album and apparently their best selling album, which is weird because I didn't think that it was that. I didn't think it was the go-to obituary album, but apparently it's the one that sold the most for them. Huh. Um, so that's I, fascinating. That, I mean, that, that may have that may have something to do with it being 1992, and you know, Cannibal Corpse and 
that kind of push for death metal to, you know, come into the mainstream. Well, yeah, at that point you were seeing like stories about death metal bands in major publications and stuff. So I guess, yeah, I did, it, it did get a little light shined on it. And then of course you all, you know, was it 93, 94? I don't know what year it was when Beavis and Butthead started. And then all of a sudden they had death metal on Beavis and Butthead. So you like during the day watching MTV, you would be exposed (laughs) to death metal. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, So I, I think that the, the production overall on the incomplete is, is better than, um, the, the previous album, the, the cause of death, um, cause of death, not the cause of death. Um, wow. But, uh, I guess with the snare, I, I kind of see, but I think overall it just feels like a much more polished album, but I don't know. I almost feel like I need now. I need to go listen to them back to back on 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 whatever you're listening to them on, and then kind of see if I can feel the difference there. But um, I think for me it's because I just have them because it's death metal and because Obituary does such a crushing version of the genre. I I blast it to ear ear damaging levels probably anyway. And yeah. I think I think of all the albums sonically, I think Cause of Death is the is the album that you can crank and at all levels you can hear everything and it's heavy and it doesn't hurt whereas like you know even with world demise there is there's a few things going on in there yeah like the lead lead tone but well as as you were saying sorry i think maybe it has to do with the fact (laughs) that as much as i love um cause of death which it's because it's not i haven't talked about it yet it's always bummed me out that John Tardy uses an effect on his vocals on that album. Mm. Um, I don't know if you, if you noticed it, there's like a, uh, I don't know if it's a flange or some kind of thing going on where it's uh, on all of his vocals. There is an effect and I'm like, well, he doesn't need the effect. Why is it there? Um, but so it's always kind of bummed me out. If you go back and listen to it again, there's an effect on his his voice the whole time. Yeah, I've I've not really noticed any like modulation effects. I, I yeah. definitely hear, hear the um like delay and reverb, but that's a, that's a staple of that. No, there's sound, there's something but, else yeah. going on in there, and I'm not sure exactly what it is. But on the incomplete, they did away with that, and it's just him doing his vocals because he doesn't need mm. it. He doesn't need that shit. Um, but I but it, I don't think it was just him. I think around the time Cause of Death was made, there there were other bands that were doing vocal tricks in the studio and stuff, you know? Um, so I guess it was just a thing like, Oh, how can we make this more brutal? We'll put this weird sound on your voice. And it was, (laughs) nobody thought about it. Um, cause obviously you had stuff like, you know, deicide where he would record like four different vocal tracks and put them together. And it's like, well, his voice doesn't sound like that live because he only does one of the four, (laughs) but, um, it did, it did sound like a bunch of fucking demons. So great. Uh, but yeah, back to incomplete though. I just think it's a really heavy and punchy album. Um, it comes in at number three for me, even though I really like it, because I think musically speaking, there's not enough of a, of a progression from Cause of Death to Incomplete um, for me. Um, but I do think with the Incomplete, it really does feel like while they're not necessarily making a big step forward, they are really honing in on all of their strengths and figuring out like what do we do best and it's almost like incomplete 
is them kind of making this album where they're figuring out like what's the shit that makes us who we are and then where is our sweet spot and then the album following the incomplete is where they literally just live in the sweet spot for an entire album um (laughs) so um overall it's a killer album it's a classic death metal album but uh but yeah the other the other two above them i think are much better examples of just them completely ruling as a band um but this is great it's just less great than the than my top two cool uh so i think we have a pretty beautiful uh matching number two and one uh, I mean, it could we could be we could have opposite twos and ones because uh, that that happens a lot. Okay, but I am you know placing a bet here, judge, judging on the fact that behind you you have two obituary albums, and one of them is one we have yet to talk about. Okay, <laughs> you can't really see and, him today because I have it's dark in my room today. But you know that's that's the self titled and that's cause of death. Um, I, feel free to to place your wager. Okay, so my number two is World Demise. All right. Is it? Oh, (laughs) shit! That is not. Dude! Keep keep in mind that World Demise is not cheap on vinyl, so. (laughs) That that is totally fair. Hence hence the spaces that are empty. Because it's hard to find affordable copies of some of their stuff. But no, my number... Two is not World Demise, but go ahead. Go go ahead and let's, let's let's talk about World Demise. Wow. Like this used to be my favorite. Like yeah. this was my number one. Mm-hmm. But then something shifted recently where I listened to Cause of Death and you know, I've already given away my number one. Yeah. Um Well yeah, we you know, we, we both yeah. have, but it, I mean uh, to be fair, yeah. like it both of these are are cl- classics and I would not argue with either one of them you know, being yeah. number one or number two. So it's, it, it is a for difficult sure. decision to make. So for me anyway, well, you know, kicking off world demise, you got don't care, which is probably my favorite song of theirs yeah. as a song. It's like fantastic. I remember seeing the music video for that song on, you know, on TV. It was either, it was probably scuzz. Um, and it, Oh my God. I remember the first time and I was like, Mouth agape, jaw oh, to shit. the fucking ground. Yeah, the so whole my time. Yeah, my my. So I was already an obituary fan, and and this album came out, and I bought it because obviously obituary is not a band that releases singles, and so I don't think I had heard anything. I don't think I had heard one song off of this album yet, and I remember bringing it home, and my parents had a better stereo system than I did, but they never fucking used it. So I, uh, when they were gone, I would take it over because they had one of the big console stereo systems with a big ass fucking speakers with the giant woofers in it and everything. Yeah. I don't know why they had that because they never listened to music. But um, so I popped in the CD and just that s- cranked it up. Just that song coming out. Oh fuck yeah! In fact, in fact, I if I remember right, I remember putting it on and like you know you you put the CD in and then you grab the liner notes or the CD. And I was, I was like, I was like sitting for a minute and I go, okay, well I'm going to stand here for a minute and then I'm going to go sit down and enjoy this album. And I think I just stood there through the entire first couple songs. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, our, 
And the thing is, it's one of those songs that just keeps getting heavier. Like, you're like, yeah. where do they go from here? Like, you get to that... Yeah. yeah, and then there's that bit at the end with the oh, it's amazing, and like that song, are you know, like I say, for this for the video watchers, this was me the first time I heard that, like like clickbait YouTuber face. He did a surprised and and also pleased face at the same time. That's the face I did. <laughs> that's the face, uh, so that's the face all the ladies make, too, when he's around. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, World Demise, the breakdown in the middle of that song with that, like, kind of Terminator-esque percussion going on with, like, They threw in fucking samples and shit on this album. Yeah. And there's that there's that part where it does the slow nasty double kick like but they like overlay a machine gun and it's like what yeah like every every moment on this album is like you think that's heavy yeah check this out yeah um burned in awesome stuff redefine crushes paralyzing it's no secret. You know, if you've watched this far in, that I love slow, groovy death metal. Yeah. This album is just like 40 straight minutes of that. Um, uh, Lost, like, God damn, dude, the riffage doesn't let up. Solid state. Breakdown in the middle of this song. Yes, please. Uh, splattered is cool stuff. Uh, final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I always loved that the, the, the building of the John of the John Tardy voice. You hear it go from little to like it's just well, you, it's just fantastic. Well, you, you it's almost like a, a demon transformation. Yeah, where like you hear him go from a person to whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but oh man, boiling point is killer. Mm-hmm. Set in stone is rad. Kill for me. Someone's been listening to Chaos AD, uh, <laughs> but this this album takes him in a different direction, following yeah. a bit more of a hardcore influence sound than on their first three albums. They've kind of diversified into a bit more of a. But I mean, but if you think, but really, when he, when it boils down to it, all they did was just get rid of the faster parts, which honestly wasn't all that they did it was only it was not even half of what they did it was maybe a third of what they were doing most of their stuff was already grooves and so it's like this is an album that i get i get so pissed off when people just chuck it aside or or say ridiculous things like this is them trying to sound like metallica because it's but that's not that, that's li- that's that? literally a comment that I've seen on multiple obituary postings about this or you know the don't care video or whatever. It's it's everyone calls it a sellout album, and I'm just like, it's just obituary. It sounds like an obituary album. So you're mad that they didn't do a fast mm-hmm. part? Is that how simple minded you are that you just think that just because there's nothing fast? then you're just yeah. discounting the fact that the rest of it is still a death metal album. Yeah. But whatever. There's 
There's no blast beats. This album is fake and gay. And they never did blast beats. There's no blast beat on any obituary album. And you know what? I kind of like that. Because, like, for for me, personally, like, and, you know, I think done at the right time, Uh blast beats can can be an awesome little flurry of, ah, my God, look at this. Absolutely. But I think they have become a crutch... And yes, over and overused, but only because think, only because it's become some sort of unspoken rule of that's what's metal, and so yeah, I, people go out of their way to add blast beats where they are completely unnecessary. But all these moronic metalhead dudes are all just like, yeah, it's <laughs> album of the year because there's fucking like if if it's if it's all that all the time, where do you go? You know, yeah. I mean, on, to be you know, fair, like, I've heard some great shit that is literally just a blast beat for the entire fucking song. Cannibal Corpse has done those. So, I mean, yeah. but it's, but yeah, but you're right. Like, there's one, there's, there's only certain drummers that can pull it off to where it just doesn't sound like fucking noise. And then yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the, the, the aspect of like, does it fucking serve the song? And I think that's probably why I have such a disconnection and why I can't call myself a metalhead because I'm more interested in the song before anything else. So it's, if the song is good, I don't care what tuning the guitars are in or, or how fast it is or whatever. It does not fucking matter to me. Yeah. For for me, I think, you know, I've, I've gradually found this over the years. You know, a- anyone who ever picks up a guitar is, I'm going to learn how to shred. And then I eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm tired of this pissing contest. I'm going to learn riffs I like. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, and hone in my songwriting skills. Because yeah, you know, I, at, the end I, of, at the end of the day, I, yeah. I never learned, I never learned that shit because I wanted to be Paige Hamilton. Like that's the yeah. guitar player I wanted to be. So if I did any solos, it was just going to be fucking noise and shit. And so I literally, I didn't ever, I never yeah. learned the weedly weedlies and the sweet picking and all that stuff. I can't do that shit. And I don't want to, well now I'm not even in bands anymore. So fuck it, whatever. But you know, even back in the day, I'm like, you know, if, if, if that's required for whatever band I'm going to be in, then I don't want to be in that band, but I do mm. enjoy listening to a lot of that music. It's just not what I care to do. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, First and foremost, my main instrument is the drums. Oh, I know what your main instrument is, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, uh, <laughs> that big ass thing in the background there. Um, oh, for the podcast but, listeners, he did not just whip it out in front of me. Okay. That was, he literally was talking about his <laughs> drum kit. <laughs> you know, I play the skin flute from time to time. Uh, <laughs> you, you play your own skin flute? Man, that is impressive. It takes a lot of stretching. It's really not worth Move it. Move over, Zamfir. We've got Eddie Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was a weird reference. Uh, who knows who Zamfir is? That's fucking, it's pan flute or whatever. I'm pretty sure Zamfir is the guy that did the music in like Karate Kid and stuff. It's all the flute stuff. Uh, anyway, sorry. That was a weird. I love that soundtrack. That was a weird pull that I know that name. <laughs> I can't, I, 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 I'll, I'll like. That's like it's so it's how fucked up my brain is. Is like I will meet somebody new, and I, I or I'll watch a show where there's characters and I can't ever remember the characters' names. And, but I but I have Zamfir for some reason in my fucking brain. I don't know why, but it's there, taking up space. Qu- Qantas never crashed. 
<laughs> I, I see what you're saying there, buddy. I see what you're saying. All right? Hot water burn baby. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, where, where, where are we at? We, I, um, yep, that's about I take we back. Were. I take back everything I just said. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, I'm going to hand it over to you for your, oh. for your number two. My number two, which is my not, number. It's not World Demise. It's my number it's, one. So. My number two, your number one, Cause of Death from 1990. <laughs> my introduction to Obituary, their second album. Awesome. Fucking James Murphy on lead guitar. Amazing, <laughs> amazing <laughs> guitar player. Um, <laughs> he's been, in, he's played in a lot of things. Um, he's so just look him up. So I don't know. Totally. He's, he just rules. Anyway, um, I already talked about how I'm not really into the effect on John Tardy's voice. Just go listen to it again. You'll, you might be able to hear what I'm talking about, but if you, if you play it back to back with the like other albums, then you'll hear it. You'll go, Oh, it's, there's something there. And I don't know what exactly it is. It may not be, I'm, you know, I'm not Mr. Technical man, so I don't know what kind of, but it reminds me of a, of a, of a flange where it's like, it a, might be a, it's it like a, may even be something like a phasing issue or something. It may not be an intentional thing. Fuck. I don't like, know. Either way, it, it's always kind of bugged me, but this song is just fucking chock full of classic shit. Um, hmm. and from their first album to this album, it's such an incredible jump in songwriting and performance. And of course, production as well for me. Um, and I love this album because, like many second albums, it has that great combination of still a little bit of rawness, but the progression of where they were trying to go as a band is there. And it just it just is such a great snapshot of 1990 extreme music. There's a lot of albums from around that time that I just I put it on and I'm just like, I just love how this music sounds like the early 90s. And I don't. Yeah, all the, there's there's death metal bands nowadays that are all trying to go for this classic production style, but for some reason they don't know how to do it right. And and I and I figured out what it is. There's so many bands, and maybe it's not just the bands; it's, it's the producers as well or engineers. They seem to think that the key to old school sound is all of the instruments and everything are completely dry, but there's a fuckload of reverb on the vocals. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not right. That's not what it was, but whatever. Um, but it's, it's, so they never quite get it right. There's a few albums recently where I hear it and I go, okay, that's almost there. I'm, I'm digging what you're doing, but there's just something mm. about the sound of a lot of a, a lot of death metal but i'll even throw that to like thrash metal and all these other things like the way that the, these albums from a certain you know our favorite period of time from the late 80s to the early 90s just the sound of everything the sound of the major label albums the sound of the the indie albums like i don't know what it is everything just sort of became perfect for really me. fucking good i yeah. just i just <laughs> I, I love how it all sounds so the bands that had the more raw sound i love the rawness of those recordings the bands with the polished sound i love how that sounds as well um so this is one of those where i just love the way the whole vibe of it um and to be completely honest i'm glad that they didn't get to use the album cover they wanted to use because i like the cause of death album cover um mm. for those of you who don't know it was supposed to be the album cover that ended up being the cover for beneath the remains by sepultura but i think the artist 
like agreed with with was it Roadrunner Records to let Sepultura use it first, even though yeah. even though Obituary was planning on using it. But I love this. I love that 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 album cover. But I think I think I like the Cause of Death album cover even better. So I think mm. that they ended up winning out in the end. But um. And the Call of Death album cover is like part one of two, isn't it? Because like the the other section was used for Demolition Hammer. Their second album, it? yeah, yeah. Which is weird because it looks like a very different artist did it. So that's why I've always yes. like been like, that's really weird. But it, apparently they're connected. Um, yeah. But I love it. I love the album cover. I love the album. It's just it just takes me back to you know my friend putting the headphones on me and pushing play and me hearing. You know, and um, Fill a smell for your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fucking, it's it's a classic. Uh, but but in my opinion, if you're talking about the quality of an album and a band just fucking nailing it with who they are as a band, I think that they did one better than this. Um, and so that's why Cause of Death is my number two. But it's also your. Number one. So let me just pass the baton over to you, sir. Cool. I'm just going to jump straight in. Uh, so infected, how to open an album, dude. Holy shit. Just contains everything awesome about the genre and the style they crafted. Like yeah. that, when it really, when it goes from that like kind of weird what's happening bit to when it actually starts moving yeah yeah oh i it's just slow and atmospheric and evil it's so heavy body bag is just more unrelenting brutality so so that's the thing is that like people were mad it's like like this this is their album number two and yeah. if you take, you know, like a like, is it, is it, is body bag the one I'm thinking of? That just sounds like something off world. So it's like world demise comes around. People are like, why are they doing this slow shit? I'm like, oh, can you literally? Because yeah. like they, I'm like, you literally were listening to like one part of one song and you decided that's what the band sounded like. But yeah. I, I, that's why I love it. I love that riff, but it's fucking slow and it's a groover yeah. and it's heavy and it's great. I'm just going to jump back to Infected because there's a, there's a part in that song as well where you can tell it's not on a click. They're all moving as a unit. Yeah. And th- like it's that part where like it's in the middle and then like it's really slow and then it's like there's a real push and pull and it's like like an actual band playing and not somebody on their laptop copying and pasting shit (laughs) yeah Yeah. and it 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 feels like this undulating beast almost like it 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 sounds how the album cover looks yeah and when that happens it is just this unification of like the whole package it just really fucking kicks ass yeah um jumped it off needs no introduction um i mean holy shit yeah like track three and it's still this quality um uh, circle of the tyrants sonically this album to me well which you know we've we've 
just mentioned Sepultura. Sonically, this album sounds like what Sepultura would have done if they went full death instead of groove. And Circle of Tyrants is a cover song. Yes. Um, which I like better than the original. Um, hmm. That might be blasphemy to some of you, but I'm not, I'm not really into Celtic Cross or Celtic Cross, Frost, whatever it is. Celtic Frost. <laughs> um i'm not that's i'm one of those weird people that like i've heard you know do you say celtic frost or celtic frost what sounds better to you i say celtic frost celtic frost i'm gonna start saying saying it wrong but that's no that sounds right i think it's because over here there's a sports team called the celtics celtics even though i'm pretty sure that's probably pronounced wrong but it's you know i'm an american i'm not that bright but um (laughs) but celtic frost stuff they've all they've always had like songs where i go oh that's that's pretty cool. And then other songs where I go, I, I could give or take this. But I realize that they're an important band in the early days of like extreme metal and stuff like that. But, um, but you know, the, the, Celt- the Celtic Frost album that I really like is the one where they went glammy. <laughs> because I just think it's a really, it's a yeah. really enjoyable album. And I just, I, once again, I like those, the, you know, the, the, whatever you call it, the, the, the stepchild that nobody likes kind of album redheaded and stepchild I, yeah i'm always the one i mean nobody you don't say that anymore it's ginger stepchild but also oh, what's wrong oh. with gingers okay just kidding have, have um, you have, have you seen that uh, just while we're on the subject of that because it's so funny um there's uh there's this like you know kind of comedian singer songwriter tim minchin i've heard, I, I've, I think i've heard it. the name yeah yeah, he did a he did a song where like the whole build up of the song is like about who can and can't say the n word, but eventually he turns around and says because ginger is an anagram of that word, and he'd like all of a sudden after all this build up, only a ginger can call another ginger ginger and it's so funny <laughs> like, it's, like the whole thing leads up and it's i i have kind of spoiled it but the song is just so funny like yeah. the plus um, plus yeah. the whole that whole the whole that's a you know let's dig in to that saying since you brought up redheaded stepchild it's it's such a weird saying because in mm. in in actuality like that just means that because if, if you're redheaded, that's that's more unique than blonde or brunette. Mm-hmm. So that shouldn't that be like the special child and not the one that you don't like? Like I would just if I I would be like, well, shit, that's awesome. How do we how do we get a redhead out of this? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just think yeah. that, so it's such a weird saying that that that. But I but but that's what I was trying to say is that that you know I love the albums that people hate on unnecessarily because. In the grand scheme of things, you know, a lot of those albums are not bad. It's just they're they're maybe they're different or um, they're who the fuck knows. It's it's just very rarely is an album that's really hated an actual bad album. It's usually just sometimes it's a swing and a miss, but it's still really entertaining. But, you know. How do we get to that? Oh, Celtic Frost. Because I, li- I like the obituary version of Circle of the Tyrants more than Celtic Frost. Um, I, I realize that one wouldn't exist without the other. Yes, but I just sometimes <laughs> covers are better. Occasionally, every once in a while. It happens. Yeah. You know. 
Um, dying. Uh, the song, <laughs> not the actual thing, is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, find the Arise, speedy one here, definite Slayer influence. Um, cause of Death is gnarly. Memories Remain, fuck yeah. Turned Inside Out, Killer Closer, Death Metal Perfection, Cause of Death, 1990. Hell fucking yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, that that's how difficult it is with my one and two is that talking about cause of death, my brain goes, well, yeah, that's, that's my number one. And I go, no, no, but I did, but I decided um, that world demise is my number one from 1994. Um, just because oh, ever since it came out, like it wasn't the first album I heard by obituary, but it was even at the time I listened to it and said, this is just these dudes finding their sweet spot and it and everything just sounds fantastic to me the production is fantastic john tardy's vocals are fantastic the riffs are fantastic the overall packaging of it adding the little bit of of studio fun with samples and stuff because that's the shit that i like i'm all about throw in throw in everything you got on a studio album for me and then when i go see you live play your song live I don't, you know, yeah. I don't, you know, you don't need to bring your laptop, um, but there's two different things. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, so I like this because, you know, when it comes to obituary, this is them at their most experimental. But if you really want to, you know, take a step back, they were just kind of doing a lot of the things they were already doing just a little better. Um, and they kind of just got rid of, you know, we don't have to, why do we have to be fast? And they don't, yeah. they don't need to be fast. It's, 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 it's they, unnecessary. They took the best part of their sound and just leaned right into that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and um, and I, to me, it's like I think it feels like the heaviest album they ever did. Just the actual sound and the feeling of it. It just feels so fucking heavy. And um, I'm with you. Yeah, um, I just think that uh, the 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 small but annoying annoying and well, no, never mind. I'm gonna start that again. Oh. Um, We're going to start the whole episode over. All right, ready? (laughs) (laughs) Great, dude. (laughs) Um, No, what I was going to say is the small but annoyingly loud um, people who call this album a sellout album, I just think that there are are so many people that just, they're so desperate to find something to complain about. And it just, and it's gotten even worse now. Like, like I've, I've said it many times, like I, I love the internet. The internet has brought us so much great shit. It's brought people like you and I together, but it's mm-hmm. also made awful people feel like they need to say shit. And I'm yeah. just like, Shut and, there's, up. and there's way too many of, cause that's the thing is that it's, it's not everybody. Like most mm-hmm. people are, are, are good people to me, I feel. But the problem with that majority of these people, pieces of human trash is that they don't know when to <laughs> shut up because they are pieces of human trash. And so it's just annoying. But um yeah, there's no way to look at this album and call it a sellout unless you are an absolute moron. That's that is absolutely it. Um if I had to have a gripe about this album, it's too long. It's 50 minutes long and that is too much. Um I don't know what song I would cut out. That's a really tough one. This would be a good grooved and removed because I wouldn't know. There's there. Every, I think every song has something that I really like about it. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, um, I really just think that this as an obituary album sounds the best to me. And it's one that over the years has just become one that like it, it kind of draws me to it with when it comes to obituary, because clearly, like, you know, Cause of Death is the classic. And I love that album. But for some reason, if, you know, when I think obituary, I, I think of. I don't think of like Chopped in Half, which is where I first learned about him. I think of Don't Care. Like that's somebody says obituary in my brain. I hear I hear that riff. Um, And so I just I think it's great. Um, Would would I say if you're not into obituary, is this the album to start with? I would say no. I would say start Mm. with Cause of Death or even start with the self-titled album, the last one they put out in 2017. But um, but World Demise is just to me fucking amazingly well done. And uh, and my favorite obituary album. So there there you go, my, num- nice. my number one. So that that brings us to the end of obituary. And so as usual, we can do our three, two, one, yeah. yeah! <laughs> I should have known. I should have uh, known. I don't know what. I'm not going to get many opportunities to do that on later episodes, so I'm I'm making the most of it. <laughs> we, we're going to do we'll, we'll do more death metal eventually, and you'll get to do all kinds of different vocalists. You'll get to do. Ooh, 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 ooh. I mean, that was like I mean, I, that was literally a Cookie Monster kind of thing going on there. Yeah. Farm for life, breathe. <laughs> Hanging by the rope, the body just twitches there. <laughs> Anyway. Ah, yours was even better. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, God bless him. Anyway, um, yeah, that was. I a, heard what death metal has become. <laughs> I uh, um, that that was fun. Uh, obituary finally, finally, obituary finished. Um, so thank you all for your patience and um, peanut butter platypus to those of you who um, are still with us. On, on our 101th episode. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's I mean, you have anything to, to say to wrap up this episode? Um, does anyone have a uh, like a lozenge? Kind of <laughs> <fuck my> throat. <laughs> imagine yeah, if, imagine those singers that do that every night. John Tardy goes on stage. Not every night, but a lot of nights are on tour. So, yeah. um I want. I want to know what his warm ups are. Popping strepsils, just like <laughs> just eating cough sweets constantly. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, obituary. One of the classic death metal bands. I think when it comes to the classics, we've already done Cannibal Corpse and Death and Obituary. We got to do Morbid Angel. We got to do Deicide. Um, eventually, you know. Yes. I, eventually, I want to get to the ones. You know, like Atheist is a really big one for me, um, but they mm. got very progressive and different. Pretty quickly, um, cool. But they only have f- four albums total, so that that'll be a, that'll be an interesting one to do. Um, but yeah, um, that's it. That's it for obituary. And as usual, when my mouth gives up, we know it's time to go. We'll be back next <laughs> week with another band, um, not very different. Not very no. Yes. To take that, take the not part out. Very different yeah. from obituary. Um, not, <laughs> but, uh, but it, but it's going to be pretty fun. Um, it, I think, I think next week's band, it's actually a little bit unexpected cause I don't think it's one that a lot of people talk about and it'll be fun. Anyway, 
I, I'm not going to talk anymore about next week's episode. You're just going to have to wait. So uh, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Cranked and Ranked. We'll see you next week. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Eddie's, Eddie Tardy to take us out. Later, dude. Later, dude. Later, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs>